You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. And alongside me, as always, is Paul Gillieri. What a time of year it is, Paul. The holidays are, are, are nearly upon us. Well, actually, for our Jewish friends, we are smack dab in the middle of oh, their, Hanukkah. Yeah. Of, their, of Hanukkah. Christmas right around the corner. I am drinking a winter stolsis, as is tradition. As are you? As am I. <laughs> oh. Vir- virtual cheers. This is kind. Of, ding, this is kind of like um, when in Fifth Element, all the little bricks opened up at the same time. We're both <laughs> now. Like the Fifth Element's going to rise up. Uh, how are you guys doing out there? How, how are things? Um, it's been. I'll tell you what. Today, if you re- if you're listening to this on the day it's come out, um, we we may be missing massive news. I don't know because things are are happening. Because on Monday. Um, a lot of things were happening, which we'll touch on in just a moment. Um, but yeah. I want to say a quick thank you to anybody who's just joining us for the first time. Anybody who's been around the block with us, uh, a gentleman reached out via email, said he, uh, listened to the entire series of episodes, 186 of them over the last calendar year. Wow. That's like, that's like two a week or three. Weeks, it is proof of concept. That much of what we do is, in fact, evergreen. Yes, there you go. You could go back in time. It's no big deal. Um, so thank you to to him. And uh, Dennis, is that? I believe it's Dennis. Um, Dennis, yes. Uh, thank you for that email. And uh, I'm we're, Paul and I are going to be mulling that the idea over that you mentioned. Um, and also, uh, Patreon is really uh, hotting up, as they say, over across the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, a bunch of new members. We appreciate you guys uh, joining up. If not for anything else, but voting on this new T-shirt, which might turn into multiple T-shirts, because oh, I am so popping. excited about it's these designs off over there. Yeah, no, the, it, it. What is so amazing, and this is just a hat tip to the incredible artists that uh, collaborate with us. Uh, the idea that I could present this this concept, right, which I'm not going to blow, but like, and then suddenly it just comes to fruition, and it gloriously comes to fruition. There's, I am excited about yeah. state of love and trust. Fanfare heading into 2024. We got some awesome swag coming your way. Yeah, the um, we have we do have a winner. I won't announce it just yet, but we do have a winner, and that was um, uh, creatively uh, thought up by Paul and executed uh, uh, beautifully by one of our listeners who has helped us before. Hint, hint. Um, mm-hmm. The the runners up uh, are in a currently are currently in a dead heat for because uh, we want, we want I think we should do two because everyone was like. I would buy all these designs or most of these designs. And we're like, okay, well then let's just do a couple of them. So yeah. the battle for second place is really hot right now between a few different ideas that we have. So anyways, we'll announce those before Christmas. It, it's hot enough to roast chestnuts on or, or to feed the algorithm with. And you know what? Speaking of the algorithm, Paul, we put it out there uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, a new contest. If you leave us a review, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. you got to rate and you got to subscribe. Review, you got to subscribe. Um, yeah, but if you review 
on Apple Podcasts, or if you're a Spotify person, you can go ahead and tweet us your comment or Facebook your comment, uh, and that'll be uh, eligible. We're going to pick two, two uh, of our favorite entries to win a free copy of Gigaton on vinyl. They are burning holes in our pockets. Oh, what a delightful way to end the year. Leave a review and welcome your glorious copy of Gigaton on vinyl. The outstanding, most recent, doesn't sound recent because of the 2020, but <laughs> the outstanding, most recent Pearl Jam release as we wait in anticipation for their upcoming release, which uh, I believe Mike McCready had some thoughts on quite recently. Oh, he certainly did. And I want to, we're going to talk about that in just a second. I do want to mention two things that I think most of you know at this point. And again, by the way, if you guys are listening in the future, uh, just skip ahead 10 minutes and then you'll get to the evergreen stuff. But we have some news to talk about first. Uh, we have two, two secured official uh, concert dates for Pearl Jam in 2024. We've got uh, Madrid, July 11th at the Mad Cool Festival in Lisbon, Portugal on July 13th at the Alive Festival, aptly titled. Uh, both of those dates were a part of that um, long now circulated rumors list. So logic dictates that the remainder of those rumored dates are maybe more than credible than they were yesterday. So uh, things are looking pretty good if you follow that rumors uh, uh, thread on the PJ forums. Um, so that's that. So if you're going, if you got tickets, kudos to you. You'll see the band in about six months. But my God, Paul, I've told you before, but I have I have a Google News alert that that anytime any article, anything online involves any of the guy's names or the or the name Pearl Jam, I get an email every yep. morning. Mm-hmm. And I saw that opening up, I'm drinking my coffee and I, I'm looking at this thing. I go, oh, that seems like new information. So our, our, our guy, uh, Mike McCready, was interviewed um, for, uh, or I guess by Classic Rock Magazine. And it must have been a couple of months ago, um, but it was published today on guitar.com. And uh, Mike talks about the new album. Uh, some of the things that he had to say, a little old. You know, he says things like, um, you know, we've got a bunch of tracks that we've we finished and we hope the hit comes out next year. Well, obviously, we know that the album is mixed, mastered, and yeah. ready to go per Matt Cameron on the Vinyl Guide podcast. Um, and we know the album's going to come out next year. The question is when. Hopefully, we find out maybe this week. Who knows? But there were some nuggets in there, Paul. That mm-hmm. oh tasty nuggets and the internet is a flutter. Our socials are a flutter. I'm gonna read it to you. If you guys don't know, I'm gonna read it to you right now. Here we go. Let's do it. Let's jump into this. Yeah, it's a lot heavier than you'd expect. There's the melody and energy of the first couple of records. Andrew, Andrew Watt, uh, the producer, pushed us to play as hard and melodic and thoughtful as we've done in a long time. I feel like Matt Cameron's drumming has elements of what he did in Soundgarden. For better or worse, you're going to hear a lot more lead guitar from me. Stuff I haven't done in a long time. I went crazy, like with Chris Cornell and Temple of the Dog on Reach Down all those years ago. I got to do it again. Usually the first or second takes are the best. After that, I start thinking about it and it doesn't have the feel. But Andrew caught the lightning in a bottle, as they say. Paul? Mind is blown. Hey, these references are something else, man. I got to be honest with you. Like, he can pull from anywhere and he pulls those out. Yeah, and that's what's unique is is for something, or I should say something about these sessions channeled those memories and 
I don't want to say those notes necessarily, but the, the, that vibe at least. So I like the idea of of heavy Pearl Jam again. You know what I mean? Um, very curious to see what this output is going to be like, as I have long speculated in the same way that Lightning Bolt was nothing like Gigaton and Gigaton and Lightning Bolt were nothing like Backspacer. Prepare to be surprised. And, you know, you think about um, uh, like maybe the, the, the last couple of Aussie records and how those sounded. And you think about the newest Rolling Stones record and yep. how that one sounded. And by the way, I think the songs in that worse. And I told, we told Kevin Martin that, that the, the surprisingly, at least I was surprised by how much I liked it. Cause you, you don't figure 80 year old musicians to kick booty and they, and they certainly did. So when I think about our 60 and barely under uh, guys in Pearl Jam and Andrew, the super fan pushing them. Oh my God. I mean, to have Mike say that now, listen, we shouldn't go, you know, too far the other way and be and expect we're going to get, you know, vintage Vetter screaming his, his lights out. That's, that's, that's no. not possible, but the, the, the voice is no longer occupying that stratosphere. <laughs> no, but I mean, there, there are, we've seen them on tour the last couple of years. I think a lot of us have gone out and seen them, seen at least one show. And I would argue that the band themselves musically and performatively sound as good as they ever have. It just sounds mm. really good. So if you apply that to this new material and Andrew's pushing them, I, th- I am very excited. As am I, man. Cannot wait. And uh, it's only because we are in the midst of a wonderful holiday season that I am pleasantly distracted with other things in my life that allow me to not obsess over this record that we are eagerly anticipating. So <laughs> that, that, that is, That's a great point. That's a great point. Because like, if this was, I don't know, May or something, where there's not a whole lot going on or, or, or you know, I don't right, know, I guess right. it, it's like, you're going to obsess, but you know, in the back of your mind, you got to, oh, where are we going for Christmas Eve? Where are we going for Christmas Day? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. When's the, is the family coming in? Do I got to bring them somewhere? Like how much family is coming? And then you get the Christmas vacation effect of like, oh, do I have conflicting parts of the family showing up that I've got to be a bridge to like, <laughs> let's think, you know, are we going anywhere for new? It's a whole thing. So luckily that can kind of distract this enough to not let us obsess over this. Although I think a lot of us probably will, and that's totally cool. And I totally get it. Um, but yeah, the, these comments from Mike are very encouraging for those of us who like melody meets heavy, distorted rock and roll. Yep. It's, it should be, um, the kind of record I think that reestablishes the kind that what, what, what Pearl Jam is capable of. And I don't mean on an experimental plane, like we saw with dance of the clairvoyance and some of the, the soundscapes on previous records, but more importantly, just the propensity for the band to really execute music at a high level that just crushes. And I think that fans, I think sometimes lose sight of the fact that these guys can, can still bring it with the best band. It's out yeah. there. So very, very stoked about all that. And I say that because look how many young bands continue to look at Pearl Jam as not just trailblazers, but like the standard bears when it comes to just fantastic rock and roll. Absolutely. And and the, the fact that, you know, in that article, by the way, Andrew Watt um, is paraphrased by Mike to say that you guys make records really slowly. Let's let's change that. And so they just like Ooh. fired it. They just fired after it. Uh, I, I'm sure there's multiple sessions where it's maybe like four or five days here, four or five days there. But the fact that he made them work quickly and not overthink things, which when you've got 30 years in the business, you're prone to want to like 
really be thoughtful and you know what you want to do. And so you're going to really think about things. And he's like, no, just go with your gut. I'm going to push you, go with your gut. We're going to nail it down, lightning in a bottle and boom. So mm-hmm. now again, guys, you, this might be old news to you. We might, we might know by the time you listen to this, you, we might have a single for all I know. This could be the week. I don't know. But um, <sighs> I think that, that, that might be a little too optimistic. You think so? Yeah, we, we may have to take a few spaces back. We may have to take a few spaces back before we're ready for something like that. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul is very coyly. Uh, is that a word? Coyly? Not coyly. Coy. Coyly. Coyish? <laughs> I don't know the word. Um, he's being very coy and alluding to our main segment for the evening. Um, by the way, we're going to continue this conversation about the, about whatever's coming all week. I know we are, but yeah. let's leave it there. Um, our main uh, segment this week is something we've done for, I don't know, maybe two or three times before. It's kind of a mm-hmm. funky um, out there exercise that doesn't truly mean anything, but it's a lot of fun because it forces you to think about how you view an album as a whole. And right. um, this is to build a new song, a new set of lyrics out of the lyrics of an album. Now, this is a, a I would hope, a positive time of year, a, a, a time of year to feel grateful and to feel love and to feel hope and, you know, all that crap <laughs> and to feel good. And mm-hmm. no album does that better than Backspacer. And uh, I think I think it's a good opportunity to use that album in this exercise as we head into the holidays. Um, so with that said, any uh, opening thoughts on how you approached this before we dive in? Oh, do I have news for you? Do you now? <laughs> uh, I would say I pivoted in a drastically different direction with this exercise oh my than the one, which, which is which was fascinating to me. Did you break it, the exercise? No, but this, the, okay. <laughs> I broke the internet with this exercise. No, oh my god! Um, I. Uh, <laughs> I would say this. I would say that for a record that is commonly regarded as uncharacteristically a beat mm-hmm. for a Pearl Jam album, that I found that the lyrics that stood out to me the most, the ones that seemed to resonate, not just on a personal level or anything like that, they, they resonated because of their the sheer beauty and ability for them to realize their own ambitions as, as creative expressions. <laughs> Those lyrics to me were the ones that seemed to ache a little bit more than than the other ones and uh i really found myself finding a a uh, a through line when i started to piece these things together and uh last time we did an exercise like this i kind of took a, a a poetic prose spoken word approach to this mm-hmm. and uh i was really really pleased with the way that that played out as opposed to you know trying to construct a a composition with a refrain and a pre-chorus and a chorus and you know two or three verses and i took that same approach again this time and uh i don't know i i, I just uh again this is not me being amazed by the frankenstein result that i put together as much as me being amazed at the tremendous um lyrical power that was present on a record that i don't think enough people give enough credit to so yes when it comes to when it comes to Eddie Vedder's uh songwriting on this record. well and, and I would agree that there have been a lot of moments over the last 
two or three records that lyrically have been the best in the catalog. I think Ed, pound for pound, Ed has gotten better as he's gotten older. Maybe that's sacrilegious to say, because I know a lot of our favorite songs come from the first few albums. But remember, there's there's music to the other side of lyrics. So yeah. the way those complement each other may may serve a greater uh, sum of all parts than just lyrics. But I, I think the lyrics that Ed has written over the last couple of records have been phenomenal. So I'm curious yeah. to see what you've plucked uh, off this record uh, for your uh, for your prose, for your poem, for your whatever you want to call it. You uh, must wait with bated anticipation, like the rest of us, <laughs> for okay. the next Pearl Jam record and my output, because I think you should go first this time. Oh, well, if that's the case, that's okay. Uh, I have gone, uh, I guess, more or less um, the route that I've gone before with trying to create a, a structured song. But I would say I've taken a little bit of a um, a cue from you in that um, it's it's got choruses but only because they are bridges between two characters. So the okay. verses in this sense are, are on opposite sides of a relationship. And the bridge only, only is the, is the connection between the two, which I guess it maybe is normal in a lot of songs, but it's yeah. specific to this. Um, it's not just some refrain um, for a cor- for a, for a song. It, it has specific meaning um, where it's placed. So got it. I like it. Here we go. And I will say that I didn't use, I want to say three or four songs. Ooh, interesting. I made it a point to use at least one line from every song. I, I will say before I get started here is I, I pulled out my favorite lines from every song and pasted them in a row. And then as I was reading them through again, I said, okay, mm, this isn't going to work for what the rest of it is, 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 is showing me. Yeah. So I, then I deleted some, and I ended up losing maybe three songs. Um, what they off the top of my head, what, I don't what remember. What key, Jason, would this song be played in? <laughs> I'm going F sharp. F sharp, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's downtrodden. <laughs> F sharp minor. But maybe with the seventh in there. Anyways, okay, here we go. Yesterday's how quick they change, all lost and long gone now. It's hard to remember anything moving at the speed of sound. I'll hide my disappointment because for years I have been hoping... That when she came, she would come for me. Did I say that I need you? Did I say that I want you? If I didn't, I'm a fool, you see. No one knows this more than me as I come clean. Somewhere there's a siren singing, a song only he hears. All the strengths you might think would disappear resolving. One man stands alone waiting for her to come home. Eyes upon the horizon in the dark before the darkness leaves the dawn. Did I say that I need you? Did I say that I want you? If I didn't, I'm a fool, you see. No one knows this more than me as I come clean. I'll say your prayers. I'll take your side. I'll find us a way to make light. I'll dig your grave. We'll dance and sing. What say it could be one last lifetime? See the path cut by the moon for you to walk on. See the waves on distant shores awaiting your arrival. I gotta say it now, better loud than too late. Did I say that I need you? Did I say that I want you? If I didn't, I'm a fool, you see. No one knows this more than me as I come clean. Slide up next to me. I'm just a human being. I will take the blame, but just the same, this is not me, you see. Believe I'm better than this. 
don't leave me so cold, or bury beneath the stones. I just want to hold on and know I'm worth your love. Enough. I don't think there's such a thing. Did I say that I need you? Did I say that I want you? If I didn't, I'm a fool, you see. No one knows this more than me as I come clean. I am up riding high amongst the waves. I can feel like I have a soul that has been saved. I can see the light coming through the clouds and rays. There you go. You're a hopeless romantic. I am. God damn it, Jason. Uh, I am. And by the way, uh, F, by the way, perfect chord, I think. (laughs) In that song, if, 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 I, I, I was uh, expecting like G the entire time, you know, G, G major. G, the entire, G's but, a little but happy. No, G's a little happy. G's a little happy. Yeah, you, you got to go one half step down, in, which you sharp. did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And the minor well is, is, is uh, obviously very important for this somber <laughs> reflection. So basically, this is a, a conversation um, about two people who had a chance at love together. And messed it up and spent years, you know, maybe living apart, maybe with different, different people in their lives. Um, maybe, maybe married, maybe not. I don't know. But the attraction, you know, the, 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 the natural pull was too strong and they ended up finding themselves together. So it's kind of like this, this wish list of sorts from either side. I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I didn't do that. Um, and they, and they were able to have their lines eventually meet, um, which I thought was like, I think there's a lot of that to this record. You know, it, it is hopeful in a lot of ways. It is positive in a lot of ways, but there's also a lot of pining. There's also a lot of, God, I wish I could do this. I, you know, please hang with me here. Um, I, I think I may have used Just Breathe because that's kind of like my quote unquote chorus um, as a, kind of like the anchor point of what everything mm-hmm. is about and just what's the story around that and um, finding some really cool lyrics in the rest of the songs that that happen to work, including Johnny Guitar. So all of you Johnny Guitar haters out there, Bringing the goods this week. Have you ever seen the Richard Linkletter film Before Sunrise with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy? No, I have not. Okay. So it is a it's a trilogy. And Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy made this film. I think it was a 93 or four or something. I forget what 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 year the original one was. And uh they came together like 10 or 15 years later and made a sequel. And then they got together again like a decade after that. And I think that this the 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 next one the last one was made like 2003 or 2008 or something like that anyway do yourself a favor because the song that you just constructed is that if you ever wondered what that would look like if brought to life cinematically this Wait, trilogy my friend so what are the three titles then so it's before sunrise before sunset and no before sunrise before sunset and before midnight i think are the names of really? the, uh, the three films. Yeah. I had no idea. If you guys out there had any idea that this existed, then you should watch them too. And then we'll watch, maybe they're, watch they're them They're brilliant films. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're different. They're not conventional. Um, and so if you love, you know, later era Pearl Jam and their various experimentations and ability to venture outside the box, I think you would appreciate these three films. Okay. Well, maybe print out what I just read. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, seriously, and put it next to you and see if that. Yeah, I'm curious it. to see if any of you, if any of you, uh, thought that was what I what I thought it was. But while you think about that, here's Paul with his. Uh, uh, what would you call this? I, I don't know what you would call it. I, I would call this a uh, depressing descent into oh, despair. No. Oh God! <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. We'll see. Let's find out. Is this, is this the the character in Speed of Sound just like going off to kill himself or something? <laughs>
Okay. This is the astronaut. Doesn't say no. Okay, here we go. This is the astronaut in space trying to drum, but not quite knowing (laughs) how far adrift he really is. Okay. Gravity brought to you by Pearl Drums. Okay. Anyway, sorry. All right. One man stands, the edge of the ocean, a beacon on dry land, eyes upon the horizon in the dark before the dawn. What used to be a house of cards has turned into a reservoir. Black as a tattoo, never to wash away. Precipitation. Which side are you on? Are you on the rise? Are you falling down? When signals cross, I want to put a little straight on it. I'm not the paper. I'm more like the fold. If there's no love, I want to try to love again. And I sleep with the light on in case she comes. Yesterday's, how quick they change, all lost and long gone now. It's hard to remember anything moving at the speed of sound. And yet I'm still holding tight to this dream of distant light, in that somehow I'll survive. But this night has been a long one. A whisper in the dark. Is that you? or just my thoughts. I'm wide awake and reaching out. Help me see myself, because I can no longer tell, looking out from the inside of the bottom of a well. It's hell. I yell, but no one hears before I disappear. Whisper in my ear, give me something to echo in my unknown future's ear. Feel the sky blanket you with gems and rhinestones. See the path cut by the moon for you to walk on. See the path cut by the moon for you to walk on. See the waves on distant shores awaiting your arrival. Nothing you would take, everything you gave. Hold me till I die. Meet you on the other side. And there you have it. Uh, God damn it. (laughs) Once again, I think I have something pretty good. Paul takes the mic from me, says his thing, and then unceremoniously drops it. (laughs) Chucks it across the the yard. That's how you do it. No. Well, hey, look, I like how we both took drastically different approaches to this exercise. This was far more of that than a, here, Jason, hold my beer moment. (laughs) The two aren't mutually exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that was... That was sad. That was sad. That was like, that was, yeah, you're right. That was the drummer never being able to find his tether again. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm, I'm sure most of you listening are like, God, Paul, it's the holidays, man. <laughs> yeah. What a bummer. <laughs> this sorry, guy. Guys. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Took the, apologies. took the most positive Pearl Jam record and just yanked out all the negativity. I bet if Stip was listening, he would probably say, and that's why I always love that record. <laughs> you know, I I bet you that the reason why the positivity works so well is because it's based on a bedrock of yeah, guess, you might be onto something. pessimistic though. reality. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, what's that, that line there? Um, darkest meets the dawn. Like there's the, the light and dark thing is always... You, if you only have one... Or the other, then it all just becomes the same thing. Exactly. Everything is nothing. Nothing is everything, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I'll take. I'll need, I'll need a few more solstices to figure that one out. To really. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you guys think about that? I mean, this is such a strange exercise 
to to try and distill what a record means to you into something new, into some sort of curation uh, of your favorite lines. Or I mean, you you went farther than I did, and you you really took out like a line here, a line there, as opposed to I, I kind of took like two or three lines at a time. Yeah, you only had a couple of those moments, but but other than that, like especially early on, you were like this line and this line. You like yeah, yeah. God damn. Those, okay. those are the, I mean, I would scan through these songs and th- it's almost like you're reading through and they just highlight themselves. I'm like, oh, all right, let me take that one. This is I'm like some beautiful mind shit. And I re I rearranged just uh, two or three of them, to be honest with you. It all just, it, a, a lot of that was sequential from beginning to end, to be honest with really? you. Really? With a handful. Yeah, there's just a few rearrangements in there. So um, I don't know if it's, it's, it's I, I feel like I stumbled into something with this record that I don't know. A, if it, I, don't think I recognized fully mm. despite how many times I've listened to this record. And, uh, I have a, I don't want to call it a newfound appreciation for it, but I definitely have a greater appreciation for these, for the lyrics of this right. record right. than I did before. And I think that's the fun part of this exercise. And I encourage all of you to do that with, with each Pearl Jam record, or you can just wait for Jason and I to do it. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's listen, a lot it, of fun. It's, it's certainly, um, making me want to go back and listen to the record. I mean, again, Backspace isn't, isn't the record that I listen to the most. No, um, and I, I would, I would imagine that many of you are the same way, but it's a quick listen, man. It was like less 37 than minutes. minutes. Yeah. It's, so it's crazy, crazy quick. It's an easy, it's an easy uh, ride to work. And, uh, but now that I have this in, my, in the back of my mind, I'm going to be like, there's a the line that I used in that thing, or there's that line too. Um, to see it in the full context that Ed obviously um, imagined it to be in. Yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, does anybody want to give it a go and send us uh, your version? Uh, Cause I'm always astounded by what you guys come up with whenever we challenge you to do one of the exercises that we do. So if you feel inclined, go ahead and do that. And uh, that would be super. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll read one if you send it to us on the next show. All right. Um, with that said, let's, let's get back to a segment. We haven't done in a long damn time. Now it feels like, and that is the lyric of the week. All right, Lyric of the Week. This week comes from a fan club single. We are scraping the bottom now, baby. We are really getting obscure. And this song is called Santa Cruz. I need the beach to send me So Santa Cruz came from the 2008 fan club single along with uh, Mike McCready's Turning Mist. Uh, So, I mean, it's not a terribly deep song, Paul, but uh, the lyrics we chose here, um, I think, are the most interesting. So what have you made of this? This song, um, I I have a very, very personal connection to the song not because when i first heard it it helps me commemorate a specific moment in time as much as santa cruz itself as a destination is very dear to me growing up uh my family and i took many a trip down there to the beach boardwalk mm, yes. and it was kind of like a staple summer trip for us growing up in in northern california taking that that very very you know side winding devious 
Highway 17 road, you know, with the, these tall, tall trees on, on flanking you on both sides. And is that Sequoia? Some of it was area? treacherous. I mean, what's that? Is that like Sequoia National Park? Yeah, area? you're going through like the redwoods and all that. And oh, yeah. you, you get down there, and uh, there were. I, I'm not going to bore everybody with my memories, my childhood memories of the boardwalk and and all Th- the, thank the you. rides. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, because of that, whenever I hear this song, um, it makes me think of those days uh, and mm. i saw the beach bait uh, the beach boys play there one time also they the used beach to babes. Show up all the time the beach babe well there are lots of beach babes <laughs> i know there, you but, get both. <laughs> uh yeah you know so when i i look at lyrics like this i need the beach to set me free for me it was there was a, a definitely a liberating quality to a trip like that uh and the older i got the, the more it, it changed and evolved and, and and became both nostalgic and sentimental and um uh, freeing at the same time, uh, which is interesting because like, how, how could a place have an anchoring effect on on one while at the same time elevating you at the same time? Um, but <clears throat> needing the wind to make to make me breathe, needing water to wash my soul, loved ones to to let me go, and I think that that one was key. This idea that you need your loved ones to let you go. It's this this time in your life where you really you know, use the word tethered when you're describing uh, the astronaut art from, mm. from Backspacer, but we always feel tethered to the ones that we love. And there's a solace and a comfort that comes with that. But sometimes uh, we reach a stage in life, particularly when it comes to our relationship with our parental figures or, or the authority figures that help raise you, where you need to sever that tether, as it were, in order to feel like you, you can truly fly, you know, that way you, you can truly manifest whatever it is that you believe your purpose and intention is. And uh, then of course we, we begin missing that, that grounding force in our lives. And we feel this gravitational pull to re-anchor and tether back to the ones that we love most. Um, but it's that idea of like, you know, that was a Maya Angelou, why the cage bird sings, you know? Um, <clears throat> and so I feel like a song like this, if you have like a personal connection to it, it becomes a very fun and uh, wistful track. Um, absent that, though, uh, I, I, I stop short of saying it's a throwaway track, but I like the lyrics in the sense that they really do um, shine a light on that need in all of us to have to kind of, you know, be given to fly, so to speak. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the cost that comes with that and our, our willingness to sever those ties, even if temporarily, um, because that need is so great, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. uh, I think as a, as a parent now for me, that that's not only a moment that I, I, I know I must willingly embrace in my own children, but it's also one that I dread because mm. I, I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to let go. You know, it's it's easier, I think, to be the one who who needs others to let go than it is to be the one who has to do the letting go, right? So, yeah, uh, I I would think as a parent, you know, we we are we think we know when a certain job or phase is done and that the kid is ready for the next thing, but maybe they feel differently, and that yeah. that resistance, that conflict, is going to always be there, and. In the biggest tether, which is you know like going off to college or moving away or you know marrying somebody, whatever it is, yeah. um, 
is that's the big one that you think about, but like there's little tiny, you know, tetherings that we kind of like, it's almost like, um, having, uh, that scene in up, you know, that, 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 that the Pixar movie up and all the yep. balloons Great are film. tied to the thing. And so he finally yeah. takes like a little key and he's cutting each little balloon. And it's like, that doesn't do a whole lot, but you start cutting all of them. And all of a sudden the, the house is going to go down. And that's kind of like a reverse version of that, I guess. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah. Um, you know, for a song that I don't find particularly interesting or well thought out, honestly, this passage um, does speak to me. And I think for Ed, it's very on the nose. Oh, for uh, sure. It, the water it, imagery. Absolutely. It feels like, you know, the way you described it is, is a direct or, or as much as it can be a direct um, interpretation of what Ed's going for, right? Why it mean, why the, the place Santa Cruz means something to you, right? And that's what Ed's saying here. I'm going a different route. Um, and, and listen, Santa Cruz apparently is very good for intermediate surfers, which I am not one. So I get why he specifically chose Santa Cruz amongst other beautiful places to kind of get away. Uh, <laughs> I've been scared of deep water for the longest time, and that's not going to change anytime soon. But anywho, the idea of escape, uh, the idea of finding your place to feel completely yourself, as you were kind of alluding to at the end there, uh, I do recognize that. I do appreciate that. Uh, both the destination and the journey and, and your loved ones are your loved ones when they understand that. And I think everyone who loves someone knows that time apart is just as important as time spent together. You know, we, we each need our time and space. I, I think, I think it complements us. It fulfills us. I think whether that's, you know, another city or another room in the house, hell, I mean, like, like this show, this show. This this show is a chance for me to kind of box myself into something that makes me hum, that in the context of loved ones is is just me, right? You know, every week for an hour or so, you know, I get to get on the mic and talk to you, Paul, mm -hmm. or 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 somebody else, whoever whoever we're talking to about music. One of the many luminaries we've had the exactly. pleasure and distinction of like hosting. This is a happy place. This keeps me centered. You know, if there's a stressed. Um, moment in my life, this normalizes it, and it's it's almost like a therapy in a sense. Um, yeah. I, I would say less less than so than going to a concert, which we've talked about many times with this band mm -hmm. and, and, and all live music can do for us. Um, but it does a similar, if not as significant, job. And, and the part that brings it all together is that my loved ones understand that I need this, just like yeah. I understand their need for their happy place, and and we both come back to our lives together better for it so be it santa cruz or whatever or wherever for you even though i don't really find the song itself to be terribly inventive or dynamic i really do appreciate that this stanza and that last line that you pointed out as well in particular speaks to the balance i think that we all seek and require in our lives with our loved ones you mentioned the parent kid dynamic I kind of went maybe more laterally with um, significant other or fam or our families as a whole, you know, as husbands and fathers. It's a different kind of tether, but I think our wives, I think our um, teenage kids, for those of you out there who have teenage kids, we all need to have our own spaces and our own interests and our own time for ourselves. Yeah. Otherwise the time it. together that we really do value won't, won't feel right and vice well versa. Said. 
Yeah. And it's, um, you're really touching on that mental health aspect of making Absolutely. time for yourself without mm-hmm. a doubt. And I think now this time of year, more than ever, it's uh, just as, as a pressing of, of, of a point to make because this, this is a time where we strive to be giving and unselfish mm. and uh, you can go overboard in that direction too. So let's uh, all, all, all of you listening and uh, for us as well, definitely important to remember to to carve out a, a little little window of time to make sure that you do right by yourselves and ourselves that's right for those of you slaving over the over the stove and the oven or or doing all the christmas shopping it's like it's okay to ask for help number one mm-hmm. and it's okay to say hey guys the uh the roast is doing just fine i'm gonna go uh chill outside for five ten minutes i'll be back and just or whatever it is for you um, because sometimes, like I said, at the very beginning, we're going to have to entertain parts of our family that we love, but don't like, <laughs> or, or well, whatever. You know what? Forget you know? the five or 10 minutes, Jason. Let's make what? it 37 minutes and just give backspace or a spin. Look at you tying this motherfucker together. I love it. I'd love to see it. Well, you know what? Um, we have to do a live cut of the week thing for this thing. And it's, it's an interesting conversation because there's two to choose from. So here we go with our live cut of the week. Ready to stand up! Okie dokie. Live cut of the week. We've got two to choose from, like I said. One is the first time it was played in Mountain View, California, not too far from what we're talking about at uh, the Bridge School Benefit on October 23rd, 2010. And the other would be uh, six years later in Telluride, Colorado, July 9th, to be exact. So, Paul, of those two, what are we choosing, officially speaking? Uh, Officially, we're going Bridge. I think as a performance, it's more cohesive, tighter. but if you're looking for sound quality, it's got to be Taylor Wright. Obviously, it's a soundboard soundboard cut. So um, I usually defer heavily towards sound quality when it comes to these kinds of things. Uh, but but given the fact that we only have two to choose from and we're looking for best best live cut, I would say that the uh, the the bridge compositions were recorded well enough. I think that uh, you got to go in that direction here. All right, so let's go to Mountain View on October 23rd, 2010. Well, we didn't write a song about Bakersfield, but we wrote one about Santa Cruz. This one's for you. Look at our speed, we're going 63 Out the windows, the trees go green I look at them as they look at me Got New York on the stereo He comes along wherever we go But something different as I hear him now Heading south on a familiar ride I got the feeling I just can't lose 
Yeah, Paul, this is this is tough because it, it kind of it 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 straddles both major factors of how we choose these things. I know. Uh you know, it's an audience recording, it's it's decent enough where I'm not gonna if it comes on and shuffle, I'm not gonna skip it because it's you know really bad. Um, but it's not soundboard. But then again, Ed, it, I don't know if you guys recall the Telluride version, he tries to uh change some of the lines so that he says Telluride. Uh, instead of Santa Cruz. So he says like, I want to hide and tell you ride. And like, he kind of flubs a lot of the lines and it's just him yeah. by himself. Whereas yeah. bridge school is the full band. You get the full compliment. There's a harmonica from Ed. It feels yep. more like the, the version we're used to it from, from the uh, fan club single. So tough call. Um, but on our, it's the on right our, call. I think though. On, the, on the big board, it's going down as bridge school for you at home, choose whatever you'd like. Uh, so there you go. That's it, guys. That that's the episode. Uh, episode one eighty seven in the books. Again, a big thank you to all of you who are finding the show for the first, second, third time. Uh, obviously, any of you guys who are veterans, welcome back. Um, and thank you for telling your friends and commenting and and posting wherever you do on social media. 
And again, there is a big contest out there, a big, um, big contest to find out who's going to get a free copy of, of Gigaton on vinyl. Two people, Paul. Two people this time. Look at this. Look at us. Huh? Look at us. I see a couple of, couple of guys giving away vinyl for people who are feeding that damn algorithm because it, it deserves to be fed. It does deserve to be fed. Feed that algorithm by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on your preferred podcast platform of choice. There you go. Again, our, our patrons are, are putting the finishing touches on the 2024 t-shirts. They are all fantastic. I would buy them all personally. And, and hopefully you might See enjoy them as well. So we'll post about them very, very soon. And again, if there is Pearl Jam news, tour dates, album release dates, new music, I don't know. Um, haircuts, we, whatever it takes. Haircut, yeah. If there's a new haircut, <laughs> that's the most pressing matter, of course. Uh, we'll be on it next week. So uh, until we see you guys uh, next week, you've been listening to the State of Love and Trust. Love and trust.